So as I mentioned, most of us who went to school anyway know that today is July 4th and it's the birth date of the United States. On July 4th, 1776, the Second Continental Congress unanimously adopted the Declaration of Independence which announced our colony's separation from Great Britain. Today we're going to take a slightly different look. We're going to look at what freedom is all about according to the Bible. Some of the words that you may hear as we go through this today are dominion, sovereignty, free will, liberty, free choice, and self-determination. In Isaiah 61.1, it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. In this passage, it talks about Spirit, the Lord God, and me. That is a strong reference to the Holy Trinity. Isaiah 6.8 says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord, saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And this strongly implies the doctrine of the Trinity. John MacArthur identifies that as liberty to captives. He's talking about the captives who were the Israelites remaining in the dispersion following the Babylonian captivity. So there's one example of freedom. Isaiah 42.7 says, To open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. John MacArthur says, Under Jesus' millennial reign on earth, true spiritual perception will replace Israel's spiritual blindness and her captives will receive their freedom. In Romans 8.21, Paul talks about that the creation itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. 2 Peter 3.10 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Revelation 21.4 says, And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death. There will be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. These first things have passed away, meaning freedom from the first things. Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into another opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. John MacArthur says, The freedom Christians have is not a base from which they can sin freely and without consequence. Christian freedom is not for selfish fulfillment, but for serving others. Amen. That's mentioned in Romans 14, 1 through 15. 
Romans 7, 6 says, But now we have been released or freed from the law, having died to that by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of the Spirit and not in oldness of the letter. MacArthur says, Not freedom to do what God's law forbids, but freedom from the spiritual liabilities and penalties of God's law, because we died in Christ when He died. The law, with its condemnation and penalties, no longer has jurisdiction over us. In 1 Peter 2.16, it says, Act as free men, and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, for use it as bond slaves of God. MacArthur says, Believes, Believers should enjoy their freedom in Christ but ought not to put on a veil or a mask of freedom to cover what really is wickedness. Christian freedom is never to be an excuse for self-indulgence or license. 1 Corinthians 7.22 says, For he who called in, in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. In the ways that truly count, no man is freer than a Christian. No bondage is as terrible as that of sin from which Christ frees the believer. 1 Corinthians 8.9 says, Take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. Referencing that falling back into old sins by getting involved with foods offered to idols. Second Thessalonians excuse me. Second Thessalonians three, seven through nine says, For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example, because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with labor and hardship we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you, not because we do not have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. So Paul called for the Thessalonians <coughs> to imitate him because he imitated Christ's example. Though Paul had the right as an apostle to receive support, he chose rather to earn his own living to set an example. So as the general population may think of July 4th as just another holiday to celebrate with families, barbecues, and fireworks, we should always try to keep in mind what freedom as a true Christian and believer in Jesus Christ really means. Freedom from eternal condemnation and death. Uh, I wanted to, just if you Give me license for about five more minutes. Mention a letter that was written today by Josh Bice, I believe. He's a pastor from Mills Baptist Church and assistant professor of preaching at Grace Bible Theological Seminary. And he wrote a letter about freedom today. It says, I grew up in a family of patriots. No, I'm not talking about New England football. I grew up in a home that loved America. I had two grandfathers 
who both served our nation in the Army and Navy. I also grew up in the home of a fireman who served our community faithfully. As a boy, my eyes would light up as I would see my father going down the road in the fire truck with a large American flag flapping in the wind. When I married my wife, we added new layers to that history as her father served in the Marines. Needless to say, we are proud, patriotic Americans. Sadly, through the years, we have watched our great nation make serious missteps in the political sphere that is currently producing corrupt fruit. We have also watched conservative evangelical circles become polluted by progressive voices who do not have a patriotic commitment for America and also view America as a failed or failing experiment. Not only is that a wrong-headed approach to life in America, it directly assaults the great freedoms we enjoy as Christians in this land that we love. The First Amendment of the United States Constitution is critically important and a shift one degree in either direction could result in catastrophic problems that would not only hinder Christians in America, but could potentially open up state-sponsored persecution against God's people. The First Amendment reads, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. We must avoid the error of conf uh, conflating the Church of Jesus and the nation of America. However, as the Church of Jesus lives, worships, and serves Christ from the soil of America, we can be thankful for the wonderful privileges we enjoy and privileges we must work to preserve. According to the United States Constitution, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or religion, excuse me, or excuse me, respecting an establishment of religion or prohibit the free exercise thereof. This language is virtually important to our republic. Christians must maintain more than an appreciation for such freedom, but I would argue that we should go into the public sphere and voice our support through political avenues and exercise our right to vote for or against leaders who work to threaten such freedom. While persecution never stops the advancement of God's people, we should not walk through life as spiritual masochists looking for pain. We should be happy to live as Christians in America as we enjoy the freedom to assemble for worship and the service of Yahweh. When God's people are oppressed and hindered from worship, it results in major trials and tribulation. We see this with Israel in Egypt, Daniel in Babylon, and the early church under the direct pressure of the Jewish Sanhedrin. While persecution never stops the advancement of God's people, we should not walk through life as spiritual masochists looking for pain. We should be happy to live as Christians in America as we enjoy the freedom to assemble for worship and service of Yahweh. As we reflect upon the government overreach during COVID in America, we not only see how quickly progressive movements can develop 
that threaten our freedom, but we also learn to value the freedom to worship our God as he has prescribed in the Holy Scriptures. Such freedom must be preserved. Thank you.